Hi, chickies. We are taking our trip through the Bible. And last time we talked about God, who created us. Remember that God is three persons. God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Son. And remember that in the original Hebrew language, God the Father and God the Son are masculine persons, while God the Holy Spirit is a feminine person. Now, does this mean that God is two men and one woman? No, of course not. God is not a man, and God's persons are not men or women. Remember, God gives us pictures to help us understand who he is. So, when God called the Father and the Son masculine and the Holy Spirit feminine, God was simply saying the persons of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, have basic differences and different roles, just like the Father, Mother, and Son in our families have different roles or different jobs, and just like men who are males and women who are females have some basic differences also. Now today we are going to talk more about how God created heaven and earth. To understand who we are and why we are, it is important to understand who created us, how we were created, and why we were, we were created. Last time we talked about who created us, God. This time we will talk more about his creation, and then we will talk more about how he created us. Okay, so in the very first chapter of the Bible, Genesis 1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Who created? God created. Yes, that's so important that we know we come from God. And every good thing we have comes from God. Which good thing comes from God? Every good thing. The Bible says the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was on the surface of the deep, and God's Spirit was hovering over the surface of the waters. Remember from last time, we saw that God the Father is the source of all things. And here we see that God's Spirit is hovering or brooding over the surface of the waters. I used my concordance to find out that another word for hovering is brooding. It's a good idea to use a concordance to help you understand the meaning of God's word. There are several good concordances, but I like Strong's Exhaustive Concordance. Or you can go online to BibleHub.com and they have many helpful tools for helping you to understand the Bible. Now. What does it mean to brood? Brooding is what a chicken does when she sits on her eggs. When the chicken sits on her eggs, she is keeping them safe and warm, and she is waiting for them to hatch. The chicken is resting while she is working. That is very important because God asks us to rest in him. That means we trust him to give us the power to do the work he is asking. Now, just as the chicken was resting while working, 
the Holy Spirit was brooding over the waters and waiting for God's word. The Bible says, God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw the light and saw that it was good. God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. There was evening and there was morning the first day. Remember, we discussed that Jesus is the Word. John the disciple tells us that Jesus is the Word and all things were created through Jesus, who is the Son of God. And here we see that. God speaks His Word, let there be light, and it is done. What amazing power! All it takes is the Word from God and it is done. Did you know that God gives you that very power? When you live on Jesus' life, you have God's power. And who gives you the life of Jesus? It is the Holy Spirit that welds onto your spirit and gives you the life of Christ. And how do you live on Jesus' life? You simply believe. That's it. And you have it. Well, we have seen God's three persons all involved in creating the heavens and the earth. God the Father is the source. God the Son is the word given. And God the Holy Spirit is the amazing power that gives life and the ability to do the will of God. One God, three persons. Amazing. Sometimes it's hard to understand how one God can have three persons. We talked about this last time, so I won't go over it all again, but I, w I will give you one more illustration. If someone asked you, were you listening to your mama tell a story? Would you say, I was listening to her mouth, but I wasn't listening to her? No. My mouth is a part of me. Would you say, I was listening to her words, but not to my mama? No, my words are a part of me. Would you say, my ears heard her voice, but they didn't hear my mama? No, my voice is a part of me too. You could say, my mouth is like the source, like God the Father. My words are like the word, God the Son, and the sound of my voice sent to your ears is like the power of the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit. You cannot separate my mouth from my words, from my voice, if you say you are listening to me. And you cannot separate God the Father from God the Son from God the Holy Spirit. So, on the first day, God created light. Now, pay attention here. God did not make the sun on the first day. He made light. And also, look, He made darkness before He made light. Let's read that again. Genesis 1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was on the surface of the deep, and God's Spirit was hovering over the surface of the waters. 
Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw the light and saw that it was good. God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. There was evening, and there was morning the first day. At first the earth had no form, and was just water everywhere, and it was completely dark. Only when God spoke his word was there light. That's important. It's like God is telling us that without his word we are lost in darkness, and we are. I'm going to read from an article now by Russell Grigg. I'm not going to read all of it, but I will highlight some major points for our discussion today. He has an article for each day of creation, and you can find his articles on creation.com. They are super, and I suggest you take a look at them. Today we're going to look at his article on day one. Mr. Grigg says... On day one of creation week, God made four important things, time, space, matter, and light. Let's say those again, time, space, matter, and light. Did you know God had to create time? That's amazing to think about. So before the beginning, there was no time or space. God had to create space also. He had to create space so there would be somewhere for God to put everything when he created it. Well, God also had to create the earth. So he started by creating the stuff or the teeny tiny little pieces which makes up our earth. These teeny tiny little pieces we call matter. And God needed lots of water also. God simply commanded all of this to come into being and you know what? It came into being. His word is so powerful that all he needed was his word. We also know that before there was light, there was darkness. In the beginning, it was very, very dark, so black everywhere. So early on day one, having made space and matter, remember matter is the teeny tiny, little stuff that everything is made of. After he made space and matter, God created light. Now how did he do this? Well, he just said, let there be light and there was light. That's no problem for God. Again, his word was all that was needed. When we think about everything around us, our earth, our sun, our water, animals, people, everything. It's important to understand that these wonderful creations need a creator. 
That may sound a little silly to say, but it's very important to understand that we are made and so is everything around us. And everything that is made must have a maker. Our maker is God. We have already discussed that God did not have a beginning. He made the beginning because he made time. And we saw on day one that he created time, space, matter, and light. We do not know exactly how he did it. Why do you think that is? Well, it's because he hasn't told us. You see, God's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. What does that mean? Well, when you were a baby, you did not know that you shouldn't touch a hot stove. But your mama knew and she told you you should not touch a hot stove. And just like your mama knows you should not touch a hot stove because her ways many times are higher than your ways, well, God's ways are always higher than our ways. Some people who believe in evolution believe that everything was made by accident. But how could anything make itself before it existed? Can one of your blocks make itself? Did you make yourself before you were born? No, that's silly. Someone made that block and someone made you. God made you. There are also some people who say that the universe has always existed. But that cannot be true either. If the universe had existed forever, our sun and all the stars would long ago have used up all their energy and stopped shining. But that hasn't happened. The sun and the stars are still here. So the universe could not have existed forever. Some scientists say that there was once a big bang that made everything. But when did you ever see a big bang or an explosion produce anything other than a huge mess? When was the last time you threw your blocks onto the ground and they just accidentally fell into the shape of a bridge or a person? In fact, maybe you could ask your parent if you could try an experiment. Ask them if you could throw your blocks or maybe some Play-Doh down onto the floor and see how many times it will take you before the blocks accidentally fall into the form of a bridge or a tower or a ball or a house. You know what? I bet it doesn't ever happen. You see, God didn't need evolution or a huge bang because he's almighty. This means that he is absolutely powerful. God is so powerful that he can do anything he wants to do within his boundary of love. God will not step outside of love and do something hateful because God is love. Some people ask if everything needs someone to make it. Then who made God? The answer is that everything that has a beginning needs someone to make it. But God does not have a beginning. He has existed for 
forever. So he did not need anyone to make him. Now that is very hard for our minds to understand. Do you know why it's hard for us to understand? Because the boundary for our thoughts is God. Our thoughts must stop with God and we can't go beyond him. And God has limited our thoughts to time and space. Evolutionists may say that the universe is billions of years old, but that's not true because God's word says it's not true. If we add up the people's ages and the time periods in the Bible, we will find that God created the earth about 6,000 years ago. God's word tells us the truth about creation, the history of the earth, the universe from its very beginning, and how everything came into being. God's word is scientifically accurate, and it shows us the power, wisdom, and goodness of our almighty creator, God. Thank you, Mr. Grigg. That was a wonderful article. Now we're going to look at day two, and then we will stop our discussion for, for the day. On day two, God made the waters above and the waters below. Can you say the waters above and the waters below? Genesis 1 says, God said, let there be an expanse in the middle of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. God made the expanse and divided the waters which were under the expanse from the waters which were above the expanse. And it was so. God called the expanse sky. There was evening and there was morning a second day. The waters below are the oceans. The expanse is the sky. So we have the oceans on the bottom, the sky in the middle, and then more waters above the sky. What are the waters above the sky? Well, I'm not exactly sure. Some scholars, what is a scholar? A scholar is someone who diligently studies a subject. Here we are talking about someone who diligently studies the Bible under the direction of the Holy Spirit. That means the Holy Spirit guides the person to learn about the Bible. So, some scholars say it was just the clouds. Clouds, you know, are made of dust particles that are surrounded by water. Other scholars say that it actually was some type of big water form that God used to flood the earth during the time of Noah. Or perhaps it was both, I'm not sure. But at the very least, it includes the clouds. So we will say it's the clouds for now and leave open the possibility that there is something more. So we're going to look at Mr. Griggs article again. This time we're going to look at his article on day two. He really does an excellent job of explaining creation very simply. Day two. On the second day of creation week, God continued getting the earth ready for plants to grow in it and animals and people to live in it. The Bible says that on this day, 
God made an expanse around the earth and that this separated the water under the expanse from the water above it. God called the expanse heaven, which we might call sky. This sky is the atmosphere and the space beyond. Let's talk more about the atmosphere. That's a big word. Can we say that slowly? Atmosphere. The atmosphere is very important. But guess what? You can't see it. It's important because it contains the air we need to breathe so we can live. Also, birds need it so they can have somewhere to fly. Otherwise, they would never get off the ground. The air is made up of gases, mostly nitrogen, some oxygen, and a tiny amount of other gases like carbon dioxide. These gases are in just the right amounts. Who do you think put these gases in our air in just the right amounts? God, of course. If there were a lot more oxygen in the air, then a single spark could set the whole world on fire. Yikes! If there were a lot more nitrogen in the air, we could not breathe. And plants need carbon dioxide to live. But a whole lot of carbon dioxide makes people sick. So guess what? God put only a tiny amount of carbon dioxide in our atmosphere, which is plenty for all the plants and is harmless to people. Now, Mars, one of the planets in our solar system, has a huge amount of carbon dioxide. So do you think that we could breathe that air? No, that's right. We could not breathe it. This is one reason why people could live on Mars without special breathing equipment. Now, if you remember, at the end of day one, the Earth was still completely covered by water. And if you had been there on day two, you still would have seen nothing but water. Are you wondering why did God make so much water on Earth? I know I certainly wondered about it. Well, this huge amount of water on Earth helps keep the temperature steady. What does that mean? That means that our Earth doesn't go from really hot on one day to huge amounts of snow on the next day and then really hot again the day after that. Our temperature stays fairly steady, slowly changing with the seasons. How does the water keep the temperature steady? Well, I'm glad you asked. You did ask, didn't you? Well, it takes the sun a long time to warm up so much water. It's easier for the sun to heat the land. The land heats up during the day and cools down during the night more quickly than the ocean does. So the air over the ocean is a different temperature than the air over the land. And these different temperatures make the air move. What is moving air called? Yes, it's called wind. Wind keeps the air we breathe fresh, as well as bringing clouds and rain to the land. So what are we saying? God certainly knew what he was doing when he put so much water on our earth. In fact, did you know 
that the Earth is the only place in the universe known to have liquid water? Some scientists believe that where there is water, there could be life. In fact, scientists have explored Mars in the hopes of finding water there. But even if there is water on Mars or any other planet, this does not mean there will be life there. Water is essential for all of the life on our Earth. That means that every living thing on the Earth needs water or it can't live. But, and this is a big but, life does not arise from water by itself. Life comes from God. God is the source of life, not water. Thank you, Mr. Grigg. That was an excellent article. So we're going to stop there for today. We have looked at day one and day two of creation, and next time we will look at days three and four. I hope you have enjoyed our talk. I know I have. As you go, I pray that you walk in the truth of God's word. Let's talk again soon.